the inflation's real, the market's real. All these things are real. I'm not saying that they're not real. I'm just saying you don't have to get into that. You don't have to do it. So whenever you're thinking about putting back into playing, like you said, I like how you say call it playing small. I take calculated risk. I'm not stupid with it, but I have confidence that uh, Patrick Bet David says the best days are ahead of us. He says that on all of his posts, all of his podcasts. He lists real problems like I just list. I'm not saying that they're not real. And then God bless America. It's the greatest time to be alive. The best days are ahead of us. And I truly believe that. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Tyler Bullington. Tyler is an insurance agency owner in Huntington, West Virginia. You name an industry award, a company award, he has won it. Exotic, Chairman Circle, MDRT, President Club, on and on and on. We covered the gamut in this conversation. I really enjoyed getting to know Tyler and his accomplishments, but more importantly, just the way he approaches business. I think you're going to get a ton out of my conversation with Tyler Bullington. Have you ever tried online marketing before and weren't sure if it was working? Maybe your rep talked about all the impressive features and stats and said things were going great, but you didn't know how all that tied into raw new policies written. Well, that's not the case with DirectClicks. DirectClicks is the premier Google ads and SEO option exclusively for State Farm agents. Why? They're 100% resource-oriented with an exclusivity guarantee. Every review call you have with your account manager focuses on what really matters to your business, and that's leads and call-ins received. Everything will get broken down to cost per lead received. By investing with direct clicks, you're going to free up time and energy to focus on what's most important in your agency and doing what it is you do best. This will be the best investment you make for your team by spending confidently and scaling your agency today with exclusive online marketing partner, Direct Clicks. Visit us at directclicksinc.com. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve Chairman Circle, Exotic Travel, and Multi-Line Presence Club and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level and his strategies work and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpeakconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. 
Tyler Bullington, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My friend, thanks for having me today, buddy. We're excited to have you. So we always start with a background and origin story. And so why don't you take okay. people around your journey and just kind of how you got to where you are? I'm in Huntington, West Virginia now, which is where Marshall University is. I'm about maybe a mile and a half from campus or so. Real cool, small college town. Like West Virginia doesn't have a city, but if we did, I'm kind of in it. <laughs> It's a real neat place, real cool, small college town. But anyway, I grew up down in southern West Virginia in a little place called Mullins, a little cold town. Our claim to fame is Mike D'Antoni, the head coach. Well, he was the head coach of Houston Rockets, head coach of New York Knicks. Yeah, he, he grew up in Little Mullins, too. But anyway, so I went to school at a small college called Bluefield State, and I studied criminal justice. The only reason I did that was because it was easy to get a 2.0 and play sports. <laughs> and total bum, hated school, always hated it, just went through the motions to try to get through it. And once I turned about 22 or so and you're getting ready to graduate college, I thought, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything at all with what my degree is going to do. And my mom started seeing this guy that she went to high school with. And my parents divorced when I was 19. So when I was 22, my mom started seeing this guy that she had went to high school with. His, his name's Dave. And we kind of met and introduced. And he was someone that was already in the insurance world and introduced me into that when I was 20. Well, I guess I was almost 22. I was 21. And I've been there ever since, man. So that's how it all started. That was in Princeton, West Virginia. We had to move to Huntington for my wife because she got a different job up here. And thank God I ended up coming up here and I maintained, stayed with insurance the entire time. I worked for an agent, an insurance agent in Huntington, then ended up opening up my own branch in January 2012. Fast forward, you know, freaking 10 years later. And here we sit. people always talk about, oh, it you know, must be nice or whatever, but a decade of consistent everyday single work and, and all of a sudden it'll produce a couple of results. Mm. Yeah. Repeat successful actions do the boring work, right? And we're going yeah. to dive into that. So do you guys not claim Randy Moss in West Virginia? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I love yeah. I'll take Randy, especially as a herd fan. Yeah, no, no. That's what I always say. I say, hey, you ever heard of Marshall University? And then you'll rattle off Chad Pennington, Byron Leftwich, Randy Moss, Ahmad Bradshaw, Chris Crocker. Yeah. Denny Curry right now, we got all kinds of them, man. It's a little, little powerhouse there for a bit. Doug Ligurski started center there for the Steelers, won a Super Bowl. Yeah, love this place. Well, for those of you that are not college football fans and maybe not sports fans, just digress yeah. for us, allowing us to college football fans to, right. to go down that no, path for a yeah. second. So <laughs> 10 years, 96% yeah, of small businesses never see their 10th birthday. Right. The odds are stacked heavily against small business owners. And in fact, and I was trying to always for every episode have three or four main topics I'm going to talk to every guest about. And so yeah. as I was thinking about the success that you've had, I thought, you know what? I mean, success leaves clues. And so when you think about that in every business, there is somebody who has made it, mm -hmm. really made it, made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then there's somebody who has failed. Right. Mm -hmm. Every business, mm -hmm. an insurance mm -hmm. agency, a restaurant, sure. it doesn't really matter. What do you think are two or three of the main ingredients that you feel like has led 
to the level of success that you've had, maybe compared to others? Sure. So let's start first, like, because the very cliche answer is, well, you got to get the right people around you. And that is unbelievably true. But let's break that down into two different sections. Okay, let's break two of them. That's obviously a given of you have to have the best people around you. But that's the cliche answer. The answers that I've always enjoyed or the things that I've always enjoyed trying to develop is about me personally. So let's do that. Like, what do I think sets me apart personally from others? One of them is I have learned this. I was not born like this. I was a sloppy, sleeping in, unorganized, laundry in the floor, gross young man like so many young men, you know, but I have learned to love discipline. I am disciplined. I'm getting up when I say that I'm getting up. I'm doing I'm going to the gym when I'm saying that I'm going to the gym. I'm eating the foods that I know that I should be eating. I'm making the calls that I know I should be making, even when I don't feel like it, which is about half the time. <laughs> half the time, I really feel like it in the other half of the time. I don't really feel like it, but I know at the I know that I'm going to so much more the end of knowing that I did those things. Like I may not like making all the calls that I make, or I may not like making all the contacts that I like to make, or I may not want to go to that 8 a.m. workout class, or I may not want to clear out my emails, or I may not want to answer this text message on a Saturday. I may not want to do all that shit, but I know what it's going to make me feel like at the end. I think about that all and I've learned to love discipline. And when two or three days that go by and I've fallen off of that routine, I've fallen off of what has garnered me the most success, I can feel that. And anybody else that's on here that's experienced that does the same. It's kind of like, have you ever been on a vacation that's two days too long? Like, I gotta get back at it, you know? And I've learned to really love that. So that would be the first thing that I would say. Can I say and then the second, real quick? Yeah, no, please jump in. Yeah. There's a Ronnie Coleman, Mr. Olympia Netflix documentary. I may have mentioned this on one of the previous podcasts, but there's a line that he says, and it was going back and this is showing him present day and just how much he really struggles to walk because yeah, of all the weight sure. and all that stuff. But anyway, yeah. he goes back and shows videos of him working out. I, and in one of the I workouts, have a very saying, good idea. You probably know what, what I'm about to say. say. Yeah, everybody wants to be Mr. Olympia. Everybody wants to be Mr. Olympia. Ain't nobody want to yeah. lift all these heavy weights. Yeah, that is true, man. No, that's I knew that's I love it. Probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast also listen to Jocko Willink. That discipline equals freedom. That is so true. And the discipline equals and there's that's a book reference. If nobody's read it, the discipline equals freedom field manual. So good. So good. so good. So that's one thing. The second thing that I would say is I'm a lifelong learner. In today's world, not only like as a lifelong learner, but you can learn from the most exceptional people on the planet, podcasts and books and YouTube. And even if you use social media correctly, even Instagram, Facebook, things like that, you can be around the greatest minds of our time the greatest leaders of our time, the greatest businessmen and women of our time. Just you can surround yourself. You don't have to see them in person. But I have listened to Grant Cardone talk about real estate. I have listened 
to Jocko Willink talk about leadership in the most dire of circumstances. I have listened to Cameron Haynes talk about himself just being an average man and turning himself into what he is now. Like I have got to listen and experience those things. And I read every day. You know, what does General Mattis say? If you don't read every day, you're functionally illiterate, I think is one of his quotes, which is very good. So I read every day. So those are the two things that I think have garnered me the most success in day to day of like the discipline of finding a routine, right? The discipline of finding your routine and sticking with that routine that you know that works, even when you don't feel like it, which is going to be quite often. And then always surrounding myself with the right people and doing the right things. And then lastly, the cliche answer, the people around. In my agency, I have six individual people that work for me that are all infinitely talented. They've all been with me for years. I try to pay them what they deserve. I try to bonus them what they deserve. So many business people look at team members as units of production. I look at, so Nick, Jessica, Amanda, Becca, Laura, and Jennifer. They are mothers and they are sisters and they are fathers. They have dreams and goals and aspirations and they're my best friends and they have great days and they have bad days and they have they are not units of production they are freaking human beings if i rewind 20 years ago i can't even have the dream that i'm living now because i didn't even know how to dream that and the people that work for me are a monster part of that so i try to return that to them and and them know how much i care about them and and how much they've been good to me. There's a book called Love Works by Joel Mansby, maybe. Might be wrong on the author, but definitely the name of the book is called Love Works. It was a pivotal moment in how I lead my team and my leadership. So you can't send it up to Eagle School. So get great people and then treat them like great people, not units of production. Those three things, I think, would get you past that 10-year mark and hopefully learn away later on into the future, too. That's so good. I think that one thing I love that you just mentioned there is that you started with yourself. I mean, I love to say Mm. lead yourself first because when you get better, I think Tony Robbins said, work harder on yourself than anything else. Because if you get better, you can give more to other people, your customers, your family, your kids, your team, so on and so forth. And so I think the fact that you actually started with like, listen, I realized that I needed to get better so that I can be better for all these other people. All right, here's my question, follow-up question on that. There's a lot of people that read a lot of books. Every book that you mentioned, they were like, I read that book. I listened to that podcast. I know exactly who you're talking about. But they don't, I wish I could attribute where I got this from, but ideas are everywhere. Implementation is everything. The difference Mm -hmm. is, is something, and again, I know you mentioned around the discipline that you have, Mm -hmm. but there's something Mm -hmm. that's different from someone who listens to a book about culture and actually does something about their culture, listens sure. to something around marketing and actually implements that strategy for their agency or for their business. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a big mm-hmm. difference between learning and having the intellectual knowledge versus actually doing the thing in your business and then sure. being able to interact. Can you just speak to that? Yeah. Luckily for me, I'm a complete dumbass. Like intellectually, I'm an idiot. I did not like school. I'm terrible at Scrabble. I always lost the Monopoly. So the only way that I was able to succeed, it was like a violence of action, like a violence of action, just so 
I will do things longer than you're willing to do them. And I'll do it over and over and over and over and over. And Andy Andrews, he's a, one of my favorite authors too. He wrote my all time favorite book called The Traveler's Gift. I don't know, is this a freaking book podcast? Is this what we're going to talk about? All that? like, Listen, there's yeah. so many books that are mentioned on this podcast. That's yeah. a good one. It's funny, yes. So The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews is my all time favorite book. But a quote that he says, it's not in that book, but, but he says this often. He says, okay, Andy, talking to himself. I know that you don't know what to do right now, but if you did know what to do, what would you do next? That's such a weird question to ask yourself. But when you get paralysis by analysis or you're just sitting around twiddling your damn thumbs or you're wasting 30 minutes on Instagram looking at absolutely nothing, ask yourself, okay, I know that you don't know what to do right now, but if you did know what to do, what's the first thing that you would do? And just do it. Just do it right then. So that I think of just an absolute violent approach to action every day. There's something that feels so good at the end of the day when you know that you did the thing, right? That you got up one time, you ate what you were supposed to eat, you got your workout in, you led your team, you worked hard, you made your calls, some things worked, some things didn't, you overcame problems, you put out fires, you went home, you spent some time with the kids, you weren't looking at your phone. You caught up on your favorite show. You had a healthy dinner. You go to bed on time. You get a full night's sleep. Like, you know, all those things that I just said is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but we don't. Now we sleep in late. We hit snooze. We skimp on the workout. Maybe we just do cardio instead of lifting. Or maybe we said we were going to go to yoga, but we just take a little easy walk and and then we get a real hungry at lunch. And instead of eating the meal prep, you know, the, the drive through was open and we do that. We don't make the calls we were supposed to make. And one of the team members got on your nerves today. So you weren't a very good boss to them. And then your kids, as soon as you walk in the door, daddy, daddy. And you're just like, I don't feel like dealing with it. And I'm guilty of this too. But I try to make myself do the things that I know will make me feel better at the end of the day. There's nothing that should scare you more in life then coming to the end of your life, and I hope that's many, many years from now, and like not have fulfilled your potential, like left some on the table. That's a scary thing to me. And I don't think that people really take that into granted. I think a lot of people that maybe have lost a loved one do. I lost my dad. September will make four years that he's been gone. He had cancer. He was only 61. Whenever you go through something like that, I think often of like, okay, when I get to the end of my life, what's a couple of things I can't let happen? And the number one for me is like knowing that I didn't reach my potential. Honestly, I can't believe you said that because I was literally just talking to somebody about that this morning. I said those words. Keith Cunningham has been quoted to say, hell on earth would be to meet the person you could have become. Mm, that's a good one too. No, that's a great you know, one. So yeah. I didn't know if I was going to ask you this, but it's not a surprise that I am going to talk to you about culture. When you were talking about your team and how long your team has been with you, there's just so much talk right now around how do you find good people and mm -hmm. how do you onboard them and how do you train them? And that's not to say any of those things is not important. It is incredibly important. But I think it's often missed about how do you retain good people, right? Because it's one yeah. thing to get good people. It's another thing to be able to keep them as long as you have. And right. there's probably a lot with that compensation plans, recognition, but ultimately culture, 
right? Because mm-hmm. they believe in the culture, they believe in the mission that you guys have. Can you just talk about culture, what that means to you? And for someone listening, what are the things that they can do? So maybe take it from a high level to an eye level and say, all right, these are the actual things we do to build and cultivate the culture in our business. First thing, let's talk about generalities, and then I'll get into maybe some specifics. Generalities. Now, this works for me. You should find what works for you and do this for you. But what works for me is, yes, am I the boss? Yes, would I do I have most of the say in the final decisions? Sure. But I want my people to work for me out of love and in not enjoyment, that's not the right word, but out of commitment, right? And love and passion for trying to build this thing that we're building more than like, you know, oh, you got to hit your numbers this month. Because I think that doesn't let you have much retention. Those are going to be the people that you're turning over that come in inspired really hard for the first 90 to 120 days. But if you want to keep people for decades, if you want to keep people for five, six, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, they have to be committed and know that you appreciate and care for them. And I think that even as much as I get on my people's freaking nerves, and trust me, I do, they, I still think they all know how much I care about works for me. I have some friends that are very successful people that run it more like a true, I guess you would say like old school management style. You know, they have like monthly meetings and they have quarterly reviews. And they have, I don't do any of that. I work with my friends. Now I'm here every day and we talk every day and I want to get a vibe of how the office is and how they're feeling and what they're doing. But I spend, you know, Monday through Friday, I spend as much, if you can't sleep, I spend more time with my team than I do my kids. Now, is that a great thing? No, I try to spend as much time as possible with my kids too. But the fact is right now I'm here from, I like being in the office. I enjoy this culture. I enjoy the people that I'm with. I'm here a lot. So you got to make sure you find people that you want to freaking be around. I'm sure there are some days they don't want to be around the boss, and I get that. But that's a big thing for me is how they view me. I've, I've had a lot of shitty bosses, and I've had a lot. Of, I had a couple of great ones. I had a lot of horrible coaches. I had a couple of great ones. And so I want to be the person that they can depend on and be consistent with every day, and that they can come to me with not only work problems, but like real problems and know that I'm going to be there for them in either facet. Now, I think that may be super hard to do if you were running like a 120-person enterprise, but I only have six people. So for my particular, and a lot of small businesses have, you know, 15 or less employees. That's just a big family-ish kind of situation. That's not so much like a big leadership chart. So that's the first thing for me. I think I'm speaking to people that would have like, 15 or less employees, 20 or less employees in that world. But secondly, so now taking it down to an eye level, okay, I talk to my team. I try to intimately every day. And by what I say intimately is I had a team member this morning that she is one of the happiest, funniest, consistently happy, funny, great attitude, smiling people that I've ever met. If you're having a bad day, she'll make it better. And today, this morning, when I first came in, she was not. She was very off of her game. So just to shut the door and go, hey, is everything okay? I think that that goes such a long way. And they know that they could say this to me. But I could say, I don't feel like that you personally feel the best today. Do you need the rest of the day? 
Do you need some time? You know, come back, put a smile on your face. I'll see you tomorrow. Like that goes such a lot because going back to what we talked about earlier, they're not units of production. They're human beings that have ups and downs and lefts and right and family issues and personal issues. And, and that's how I try to teach them and look at them. So at an eye level, I try to do that every day. We try to have lunch together every single day. I provide lunch for the team and I try to do it in a healthy way. We provide meal prep. So we get like this meal prep company to make our meals and deliver them to the office every day. So every day at noon, we lock the doors, we stop the phones, and we try to have lunch together every day. That's a big deal. And that's a big deal. deal. And my production people say, oh, my God, you closed down for an hour for lunch? Yeah. And when I did, our production went up, not down, because they're not just units of production. They need a second to breathe. Go take a walk. If you're in an active insurance office, a lot of times when you turn on the phones at 9, they don't stop until 5. So to have an hour just to get your life together is a big deal. So that would be another eye level thing. And then I can't remember who said it or the study, but I kind of like the, it's like the reward. So if I said, hey, Brad, tomorrow at 5 p.m., let's meet and have a beer after work. That's like, all right, man, cool. But then if like, so let's say the same issue, the same thing, but tomorrow at 5 p.m., I just go, hey, Brad, let's go grab a beer. That element of like not knowing it's coming is so much better. So I will surprise my team and go, hey, uh, like on Friday before the July 4th weekend, I said, hey, three o'clock, everybody get out of here. You know, two hours of freedom. Weather was great. Everything was great. So I try to do that pretty often of like surprising, maybe a little bit of a bonus for everybody. Or, hey, let's all step out and, and do this for lunch. Or, or, hey, let's take a, I think last weekend, the girls here in my office bought me new kids on the block tickets for Christmas this past year. <laughs> yeah, man. And so we all went to the concert in Columbus. So oh, it was great. It was great. We had the greatest time. So stuff like that will go a hell of a long way. That's awesome. I haven't heard new kids on the block in quite some time. So that was a good one. You know, <laughs> I think anybody listening to this just in 30 minutes can get Mm -hmm. such an idea of what it is like to be in your agency, to be in your office. Mm -hmm. As you were describing that, I was thinking to myself as somebody who was driving, working out, whatever it is, listening to this podcast, that if you were describing your culture to someone else, could you describe it in that level of detail about what it's like? And that's not to say that you're going to be Tyler. You're not. I mean, Tyler is Tyler and his personality is how he does things. And there's some people that say, man, I just don't know. That's not the culture. Mm -hmm. That's not the organization we have. And other people listen to this saying, man, that's what I aspire to have. Mm -hmm. Don't go about building that. There's things that you have to do. You have to do the work to make that happen. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue, increase your bottom line and better manage your taxes? Club Capital is here to help. Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agents in the country, providing monthly accounting, tax strategy, and CFO services. Way more than bookkeeping and your everyday run-of-the-mill tax prep, Club Capital is focused on providing financial and tax advisory services that help you plan and forecast your agency's performance. Their financial dashboards and agency forecasting tools help you better understand your agency's historical performance, create and measure future targets, and see how your agency compares to your peers around the country. Imagine what it would be like to understand the impact to your bottom line when deciding to hire a new employee or forecast the impact rate changes or commission rates will have on your business. 
with over $200 million in tracked annual revenue and $140 million in tracked annual expenses, Club Capital has the data and the team to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. They will help you turn that back office stress into the backbone of your agency's success by giving you the tools to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book a solution overview with one of our business consultants. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. I do want to ask you kind of along those lines about the way that you approach things. My goodness, there's so many hats to wear in business. You're CEO, COO, CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Sales Officer, Chief Financial Officer. I mean, it's just so many hats to wear. And whenever you're around a group of other owners, there's this disposition that people have, this philosophy about what they should be spending their time on, right? You speak to one person and they're meeting with clients on a pretty regular basis. And somebody else says, I haven't met with a client in four years, okay? Mm -hmm. And everything in between. What is your thought process about how you do things in your business, how you came to that and why you believe that that's a good fit for you? Yeah, so what are you the best at? So me, I know what I'm the best at. I am one of the best in the world at sitting down in front of a customer and getting them a full financial plan put together that is simple, that's simple to where they can, where I can look at them. And really at the end of it, I want to go, Hey, just trust me. Let's set a few guidelines here. Never go into credit card debt again. Let's automatically pay yourself first. Let's make sure that your insurance is equal to what you're worth. Let's make this simple and let's have a very good trust based relationship. And I only work with customers that I like. I don't work with customers that I can't stand. We all have quite a few of those. And you could have 999 customers that you love and one that you hate. And the only one that you ever think about is the one that you hate. So don't be afraid to fire them. So I only work with customers that I enjoy spending time with. And I'm really good at being a salesperson. I'm also pretty good at being a leader. Okay, so again, judging the vibe of my office, is it a good day? Is it a bad day? What day needs to change? What I think that that's a skill set of mine to be able to take a step back, to be able to detach, to be able to look at it from a 10,000 foot view and making sure that I'm being the boss that I would want to work for. Am I the kind of leader? Am I the kind of boss that if I were a team member, would I want to work for? My team was in here with me last week and we were talking about a, a particular part of our bonus structure that we do. And my team member, and I'm so thankful that she knows that she can talk to me like this. And she was telling me that, hey, this is happening and I don't think this is fair. And I looked at her when she, the way that she explained it to me. And I said, you are exactly right. That has never even crossed my mind one single time. But if I were sitting in your seat, it sure would be on my mind. And that is not fair. So I feel like those are my two best traits. Okay. My not best traits are marketing. So I outsource that to an amazing marketing firm, organizational with money, you know, being the chief financial officer of this. Now I know where the money is and I don't waste it and I make sure that we're running a profit. But as far as the day to day bookkeeping and things like that, no blame. So I outsource that. So I would encourage you to, if you're a great recruiter, but not a great salesperson, you should get great people in there to sales for you. 
if you're a great salesperson, but not the best recruiter, you should look at a firm that's very good at recruiting to help you get great people in there so you can spend your time on sales. So people always say, oh, you got to work on your weaknesses and turn them into your strengths. Enough. You need to double down on your strengths because there's a good reason that you're good at it. It does not matter if I spent the rest of my waking hours every single second for the rest of my life to try to paint like Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel. I can barely do a stick man. (laughs) I do not have any artistic talent whatsoever at all. Not musically. I can dance for a white guy pretty good, so that's okay. (laughs) But not, I don't have any music talent. I don't have any artistic talent. I can't put anything on paper or canvas or anything. Why would I try to work on that as being a strength of mine? So same thing that I think in business is find out what you like, what you're passionate about, what you spend. I have some people that I know love digging into the literal pennies of the numbers to make sure that the percentage of exactly where they're wanting to spend it on their team or on their market is right to where it needs to be. I would rather jump into traffic than spend the day doing it. So outsource what you're not great at and just double down on your strengths. Now, I'm not saying you can totally, like, I can't totally neglect my marketing. I can't, I can't totally neglect my marketing. I have to at least be involved to know that we're moving in the right direction. But there are people out there that that's what they live for and you should find them and hire them for that. I think the biggest underlying thing that needs to be said about everything you just mentioned there is this ability to look in the mirror with humility and to say, these are not the things that I'm really good at, but then to be able to be honest with yourself, not in a arrogant, not in a tell yourself a story, but to be able to say, no, I actually think I'm pretty good at this. And I think I can really provide value to the organization here because as the founder, you still have a job to do, right? You have jobs to do in your business, regardless of what business it is, agency or otherwise. And I think that as you were talking, there's such an honesty of looking in the mirror, having humility to say, this is where I'm good. This isn't where I'm not good. And let me go out and outsource and try to find some other people that can help me with that. And you like your job more. I know a lot of people that hate their job because they want to make hard decisions. Like they shouldn't hate their job. You know, they shouldn't hate it. You got a pretty damn good job. I know a lot of people like this, but they hate it. They hate every second of it because they hate the people they work with and they hate the things that they're having to do in their office. Well, you won't make the hard decision to get new people to work with. And then when you find great people, like making sure that you're doing everything that you can to retain those people. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes, you know, people leave. Sometimes seasons change. But at least I can feel pretty confident and look at myself in the mirror and go, I know that this person, whomever it is, and especially the six that I have in my office now, I know these six people are amazing. I want to try to keep them forever and ever and ever and ever. And I think that they know that I feel like that. But I know a lot of people that won't make that hard decision. I know a lot of people that also, they're cheap. If you have a small business, where I don't care who, who's listening to this. If you're if you run a boutique, if you're a barber, if you're starting a law firm, a restaurant, an insurance agency, what, what the hell ever you're doing, consulting business. If you have a small business, when you hire a brand new person, an excellent person, that's not spending money. That's investing capital. When you're doing great marketing tactics and you're trying to increase the revenue into your office or or maybe you decide that you want to lease your team members some vehicles because they deserve it, or maybe you're going to start picking up lunch or maybe you're going to start doing this, you're going to, you're not spending money. It's, you didn't go buy the expensive handbag. 
That's just blowing money, and which is fine too in some cases, but that's just spending money. Whenever I'm doing things from where I'm doing increase the revenue at this office or make this office better, whether it be making my office space look better or making me look better or making my team look better or feel better or do better, that is investing capital. So don't be cheap. That will help you not hate your job. Invest that capital, outsource those things, get great people around you. If you're too cheap to take money and put it back into your business, that means you don't have the confidence in yourself to back it up. I know that if I have a $100,000 bonus and I say, okay, I'm going to take 70000 of this and I'm going to invest that back into my agency or into my business, whatever it is that you have, I am betting on myself that I can take that 70 to turn it into two or whatever it is. So you don't have the confidence in your job and your business and yourself and your talent and your discipline and your work ethic and your people. You don't have the confidence in them to put that capital back in to know that it's going to come out on the right edge. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking, as you said that last part, the team can feel whenever you don't believe in them. I was talking to a business Mm. owner about a year ago, and I remember this conversation vividly as I said, Dave, you really don't believe in your team, do you? The team you Mm. have currently, you really, truly don't believe in them. And you're saying all the right things, but they can sense what's behind what you're saying, which is you really don't believe in you know, he took a moment. He said, you know what? Actually, you're right. You're right. I don't. And I said, they can sense that. They've known that for a while now. And so at the end of the day, it's really one of two options in that particular case, like either get a new team or you need to change your beliefs about what they're capable of. And to his credit, he changed his beliefs and it made all the difference in the world because of the way that he was filtering everything from his team. I was thinking about And I think everything you mentioned about investing capital versus spending was Mm -hmm. so true because whether you believe and you know, like you know that you know that you know that if you invest 70,000, you're going to get 140 or whatever that is. You're going to, whatever it is, you know, and other people will start to begin to play it small because I can think of times in the past that I've done this for sure. Sure. Years in the past, like, I don't know. I think I'm going to pull back because I'm afraid to make that investment. And I would maybe outwardly say that it was the team or the environment or whatever that is outside of me. But the reality was it wasn't, it was me. It was me. Mm -hmm. It was my lack of confidence in my own ability to execute. That's why I played small. And guess what? I got small returns from it. Thoughts? Yeah. I don't give in to fear porn. And I feel like the whole world right now is just turn on anything. You know, turn on anything, man. Turn on, get on your Facebook, get on the news, get on, just hit the the stock market button on your smartphone. Look at the latest email of whether, I don't care if you're left, right, center, to the top, to the bottom. I don't care what you are. It's all fear. It's just fear, fear, fear. I don't give in to that, man. I still think that this is the greatest time and the greatest place to be alive. Do, Do we have horrific issues? Absolutely. And I hope that we can come to some type of resolution and fix us. Uh, has there always been horrific issues and unbelievable division in this nation? Absolutely, there has. It's just that now it's in front of you every second of every day. So I don't give in to all that fear. I just don't give it my time. You don't have to either. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably the type of person 
that is constantly trying to improve. Otherwise, you wouldn't have spent 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, listening to this. You're probably a type of person that's constantly trying to improve. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to give into it. My sweet mama, if she listens to this, she'll smack me when she hears it. My sweet mama and her husband, we call him Pops. My kids call him Pops. They watch the news, the 24-hour news cycle all the time. And whenever I go stay at their house, as soon as I wake up, I'm like, you have got to turn that off. I can't go about my day hearing that nonsense all day long. That may even subconsciously be in the back of your mind that the sky is falling, the world's coming to an end, the housing market's going to crash, the stock market's going to go down, the dollar's not going to be worth anything, the et cetera, et cetera, you know, Russia, Ukraine, not that those things aren't real, right? But I'm saying all of those things are real, but truthfully, in your day-to-day life, Brad, Tyler, everybody else that's listening to this, in your day-to-day life, all of that shit almost means nothing. Almost. Now, the inflation's real. The market's real. All these things are real. I'm not saying that they're not real. I'm just saying you don't have to get into that. You don't have to do it. So whenever you're thinking about putting back into playing, like you said, I like how you say call it playing small. I take calculated risk. I'm not stupid with it, but I have confidence that uh, Patrick Bet David says the best days are ahead of us. He says that on all of his posts, all of his podcasts. He lists real problems like I just list. I'm not saying that they're not real. And then God bless America. It's the greatest time to be alive. The best days are ahead of us. And I truly believe that if you can take that mindset in your work every day, not only your work, but your life, your personal health, your finances. If you can, like my best days are, I'm 35 years old now. I'm in my mid thirties. I'm not a young chicken anymore, but I feel better than I've ever felt because I'm taking care of the things that I know that I need to take care of. Like I, my best day, I'm still not to my best days. I hope that I can say those words when I'm 64 that, Hey, man, I'm kicking it. It's been great. I've been doing these things, but I'm still not the best days are still ahead of me. You just said two things that one, that's a perfect segue into my, what was going to be my final question. So it's just great that you just mentioned that. I think that whenever you were talking about like fear porn, like I love that yeah. you said that, yeah, you know, I used to always say time is infinitely more valuable than money. It is, but I've decided that I think attention is even more important than your time because if you're playing in the backyard with your kids, but you're fiddling around on Instagram mm-hmm. while you're playing with your kids, that's what you're giving attention to, not your kids or whatever. And listen, yep. you and I both have been guilty of doing that. So like, I am not preaching at all to anybody who is at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Okay. <laughs> My kids are 11, seven. So no there judgment there, mm-hmm. but what are you giving your focus and your attention to not just your time? And I think that sometimes mm-hmm. we need to, audit that. I certainly need to audit that myself. What am I allowing to get into my brain and start to allow myself to have fear and, you know, start to play defensively and start to play small because of all of the things that are going on in the world. Secondly, I was going to ask you, like you've had a ton of success. And one of the things, one of my favorite quotes is success breeds complacency, complacency breeds Mm. failure, only the paranoid survive. And so sometimes a business owner will have success. And what happens is that they will eventually just go and start fires in order to put them out. They're good firefighters, but they're better arsonists. You know what I'm talking about? Like they, they will start 
issues just so that they can go and solve them because effectively they got bored with their success. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And so like you obviously just address that about how you go about saying like, Hey, this is not my best. This is not my best. But for someone listening, how would you approach that? So I think that what you're doing right now, whoever's listening to this, this is something that you have to do. Listening to things like this, reading things like this are things that you have to do. So I I have uh, Jordan Peterson. I enjoy him a lot. If none of you listen to Jordan Peterson, he's a great philosopher from Canada. I enjoy him. He's actually a clinical psychologist, I think, but they've kind of put him in the philosophy handbag or whatnot. Yeah. So a line that he says is, I wake up each morning like there's a dragon to slay and I'm going to go slay it. That is such a better way of going through life than being like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to wake up, drink my coffee, brush my teeth, go to work, be miserable, come home, go to bed and die. And there's how many people live like that? 70, 80 percent. There's no purpose. There's no purpose to their days. You don't have to have like a single, Your my single purpose is not, oh, I want to have four Lamborghinis. Like that's such a stupid thing. Like my overall arching purpose is I want to be a great father. I want to be a great human. I want to be a great friend. I want to be a great leader. I want to be a great family man. I want to be trustworthy. I want to be in shape. I want to feel good about myself. I want to be healthy. I want to be the strongest man at my dad's funeral. That's a great way of thinking when the world is crumbling around my children or my wife or my best friends, my team members, when the world is crumbling down around them. And trust me, it will. It will. It has to me. It has to you. It has to essentially everybody listening to this podcast. I don't care if you were 16 and your girlfriend dumps you. Your world was crumbling around you. I don't care if you're 31 and you're watching the man that taught you how to throw a football and shoot a basketball and swing a golf club, who was he man to you. There's a 35 year old reference. He man, how many <laughs> that was Superman to you. You're still feeling those same feelings and your world is crumbling around you. My purpose is I want to be the man that those people can call and depend on. I want to be able to be consistent and strong and healthy and smart and and be a leader and be compassionate, but firm at the same time, like those type of things to think about. And and you can be that person. Now, look, you and I are having like a professional conversation right now that I feel like we could have at dinner and the environment right now for you and I is very conducive to talk like we've got our shit together. I don't have my shit together. But I try every day really hard to do that. I can't remember who says it, but it's just you fail over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I just have this giant mountain of garbage underneath me, but I'm standing on top of it. So I may be on top of the mountain, but it is just on a giant pile of steaming hot West Virginia garbage. And that's the real worst kind. (laughs) So when people are listening to this, I hate when people get the impression of like, oh, well, I'm just not built like that. Or I don't have that much inspiration. Like, I'm not like an inspired person. I just told you guys at the beginning of this, I don't want to do what I do half the time. But I also don't want to come to the end of my life and regret it. Yeah, you fear missing out on 
who you could become more than the pain, the sacrifice on a daily basis that it takes yeah. for you to become that person. Man, He-Man reference and new kids God, in the get block. You, who would have known? Son. Get you some. We don't have have talk about man, those two things. We might have to get us an Atari out and just go straight old school, man. Yeah. You know what? It's amazing how different podcasts take different turns. Every guest is so different. I think that ultimately, while this was maybe less tactical, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, these are the underlying beliefs that we all have as business owners. This is the crap you have to work through in order to actually become the person that you want to be, right? I mean, if you think this is the fluffy stuff, it is not <laughs> the fluffy stuff. Like no, this is no, the thing true. that actually grows businesses is the mindset and the discipline and the focus and the attention and doing repeating successful actions, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All right, man, you ready yeah, to go man. into E9 rapid fire? Yeah, buddy, let's do it. Last book right. that you read. Tony Robbins' new book. Oh, gosh, what's the name of it? It's a freaking it's force. a health book. Yeah, that's it. Money Mastering the Game was the greatest financial book I ever read, by the way. Tony Robbins. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I love Tony yeah, Robbins. Yeah, love it. I, love it. Yeah. A book that you recommend the most to other small business owners? Uh, Traveler's Gift. I know I'm repeating an answer, but definitely that. I'll go as close I can't think by Jay Shetty. Think like a muck, uh, Jay. Yeah, yep. yeah. Think like a muck. Close second. Favorite travel destination? Bora Bora. Spent seven days there back in 2016, 17, one of the two. Well, my son is four now, so that would have been five years ago, 2017, because he was a Bora Bora baby. So it was okay. 2017. Yeah. That, that, that little, yeah, that I was in Bora Bora, St. Louis, so. Breathtaking. Best seven days that you could ever spend if you want to get away. Favorite place you want to go, but you've never been before? I would love to see the Coliseum. I love that era, Marcus Aurelius, things like that. I love that. I would love to see that. I haven't walked those steps yet. It is. Uh, I've been. I uh, went on my mm. honeymoon and it was yeah. breathtaking. So highly recommend for sure. Yes, absolutely. What do you love to do when you're not working? I love to golf. Played three days over July 4th weekend. I'm also an advocate of yoga, very, very disciplined yoga practitioner. I'm a six foot four, redneck sounding, giant, 220 pound, bald white guy. And I hate everything that comes along with, I don't hunt, I don't fish, I don't ride a four wheeler, I don't do any of it. I go to yoga and play golf. So my voice and looks are very different than the activities I like to do. You and I have a lot in common. I'm a big golfer. Yeah. I play in our club championship this coming weekend, except I trade instead of yoga, Pilates. I'm a Pilates. Okay. I love right, Pilates. I tried to do yoga. I like Pilates better. It helps me. I'm 6'5", sure. by the way. So okay. Nick, when you and I there meet, we go. Yeah. We'll be able to um, look each other in the eye. That's right. That's right. What did you learn the most about yourself during COVID? That. I can detach and make my own thoughts. I can think for myself because during COVID, I think that so much that you want to talk about fear. You want to talk about fear. Boy, I mean, and rightfully so for about 60 days. 60 yeah. days, rightfully so. But I think that 
that was a real important time in my life to step back and think for myself. And I saw a lot of people, and I mean, statistics will prove, uh, you know, the alcohol sales through the roof, suicides through the roof, mental health issues now through the roof. When you shut down a giant economy like us, you're still seeing the side effects of what truly are to come are not here yet. That ship is still turning. And I was able to step back and think for myself, and, and I even turned that discipline up a notch. <laughs> I did not have one sip of alcohol through COVID. I worked out two days a week or two times a day, every single day, because I also know myself, I love to have a drink and I love to sit at the bar and I love to have a good time. And I knew that if I opened that bottle one time, I was gonna open it up 2000 times. So I learned that I could really detach and think for myself. Love that. Fill in the blank. 10 years ago, yeah. I had no idea this would be so hard. Kids, 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 kids. I love my children. My daughter is the most amazing thing on earth. My son is too. They just, they're the reason that I breathe and they are so hard. <laughs> for anyone that out there that doesn't have children, no one can prepare you for what's to come. But I don't think that life is you truly I, it's it's worth living without kids that's not the right thing but I, I don't think that you can fully become who you're supposed to be until somebody calls you mommy or daddy you can sit on a 10-hour flight to bora bora or wherever in the world mm -hmm. who would you sit next to rogan i would sit in between joe rogan and probably andrew huberman you ever listen to andrew huberman dr andrew no. huberman no. He's a neuroscientist in Stanford. He is one of the most interesting men on the face of the earth. Jocko Willink is very high on that list too. I've actually got to meet Jocko three times and do jujitsu with him once. Everything that you think that he is, he is that times 112. Yeah, he's an awesome man, but definitely Rogan and Andrew Huberman right in the middle. Rogan would record one cast on that flight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 10 hour yeah. flight with Tyler Billington. He'd record a podcast. I love it. Yeah, we get uh, it in. Last question. It is the Club Cap Leadership Podcast. After all, mm -hmm. what is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Don't ever get behind. Keep a little tiny piece of notebook paper in your pocket. Don't get behind on your money. Don't get behind on your organization. Don't get behind on making your bed. Don't get behind on your laundry. Don't get behind on your diet. Don't get behind on telling your team that you care about them. Don't get behind. Don't have that feeling that you're always having to play catch up. That came in 2012. I have no idea his name. I don't even know if he's alive now. He was a customer that I inherited. He was a much older man. You could tell that he was a true West Virginia man, probably lived out on a farm somewhere with 200 acres, came in and bibbed overalls and a trucker hat, and was just had the best look in his eye, that just a twinkle, you know, just like a good human being, and just sat down and talked to me one day, and he said, I've kept this little note in my pocket for 50 years. And that's, oh, I remember that because we were talking about his financial situation and he had a lot of money and never really made a lot of money. And I said, how did you do this? And he said, I never got behind. And I have thought about that quite often. 
That's good. Yeah. Tyler, people listen to this, if they want to just connect with you, reach out to you. Yeah, man. Would you point them to? My man. Yeah. So uh, add me on Instagram. It's just Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, Bullington, B-U-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, the number two. Tyler Bullington, the number two. Not spelled out the number two, just the number two. And uh, yeah, that'd probably be the easiest way. Just add me on there. I'd love to have you. Awesome. Tyler, I cool. uh, hope to have you back on the future, my man. Yeah, man. We'll do it again. Thanks, brother. And I really enjoyed that conversation with Tyler. There was a lot of things that really stood out to me in the things that we were talking about. And as I mentioned, I don't really ever know exactly which way the podcast is going to go. And I try not to over-prepare in that way. But ultimately, I do believe, as we mentioned at the very end, these are the things that really move the needle forward in a business your mindset, your beliefs, what are the things that you're actually listening to on a daily basis? He mentioned so many books and so many podcasts and so many people that he is pouring into developing himself. I like to say leading yourself first is the most selfless thing that you can do for you and your business and for your team and for your customers. You've got to be able to lead yourself first. And it's like whenever you're on a plane, they say, put your oxygen mask on first so that you can help other people. And I think that he is such a prime example of doing that. And you can see that he has really embraced this idea. And I just said it, but he's embraced the idea and lives it out every day of discipline equals freedom. And if you've listened to the Jocko Willenix podcast, you read his books, you understand where he's getting that from. If you have it, definitely, no matter, even if you're not into military type things, et cetera, it has really had a profound impact on me as well. And it's been one of the things I've really worked on myself this year is discipline and consistency. Some of you may be familiar with the book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, which it would be amazing to be able to get him on the podcast at some point. He talks about adopting these labels. And for myself, and I may talk about this in a solo episode at some point in the future, one of the bottom line episodes is consistency was one of my dead last strengths, so to speak, in Strength Finders. And so I kind of adopted that label that I wasn't consistent. And I would find ways to almost make an excuse that I wasn't consistent and laugh it off. And the reality was, no, I needed to be more disciplined and I needed to work on that aspect of myself so that I could be better for the businesses. And obviously you can see that that is why his discipline, I think that was so important in the way he started that out. His discipline has led him to where he is today. A few of the things that really stood out to me, the very end, he was talking about looking at himself honestly and saying, here's the areas I am really good at. And here are the things I'm not so good at. And I'm going to outsource for that. I also thought he talked about this mindset of investing capital versus spending money. And then the whole conversation around culture. Couldn't you just feel the culture that he has in his business? It really makes you think like, how would you describe your culture in your business? Maybe that isn't lunch together every day with your team. And that's totally, completely okay. That is unique to him. Whatever that is for you, you want to be able for people to opt out of that and say, that is not for me being a family, being tight knit, going to work with my friends. That's just not the organization we have. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's clear about the organization and the culture that he has. And I think one last thing that really stood out to me is when I asked about when, you know, other people have read the books and they've listened to podcasts and they didn't really internalize those topics the way that you have. And I don't know if I've ever heard this before, but when he said, you know, I just like this violence of action that really stood out to me. Appreciate Tyler coming on. Hope to have him back on in the future. Make sure you connect with him on Instagram, Tyler Bullington 2. 
As always, big thanks to our podcast sponsors, Coach P Consulting, Rock Solid Assistance, Direct Clicks, and Club Capital. You know, on the podcast, Tyler was talking about outsourcing things so that ultimately he can focus on the things that he is really good at. That's exactly what Rock Solid can help you to do is to get things off of your plate so you can focus on the things that is unique. I think Dan Sullivan calls them your unique ability. What are the unique abilities that you have that only you can do in your business the way that you have it set up? That may be different than, than say, Tyler's, but what are the unique gifts that you have? And then how can you take things off your plate? And most of the time, it's going to be some admin type work and executive work so that you can get back the thing that matters the most. And that is your time. Go to rocksolidassistance.com. We didn't get into talking to Tyler. This is one of the things that we'll maybe have him back on in the future. He'll come back on is whenever we were talking about the team, but the, how important it is to not just have a players on your team and to be able to keep them, but also the training and the development aspect of continuing to pour into those people. Like, how do you do that? And for many of you, you intellectually know that that's what I need to do. But, you know, having a training regimen on a regular basis, that's tough. And I think that that's exactly what you'll get whenever you go to Coach P. Go to CoachPConsulting.com. David is getting it done at the highest level in the country. And if you want you and your team to be able to learn from the best, I think I mentioned it even in this episode, success leaves clues. And David is giving away the secrets of exactly the things that they're doing in their organization. That way you'll know he pulls back the curtain so you can see directly what it takes to be able to run multiple agencies. He's one of the few people that have a third office at this point. You'll be able to see behind the scenes of exactly the type of training that he's giving his team. Go to Coach P Consultant. Make sure you let him know that you heard about it on the Club Capital podcast, and he'll give you an entire month off. I think I mentioned this in one of the other episodes, but I was having this conversation with Matt, and then he has sent me some of the results that he's been getting from some of the clients. And listen, they're blown away. They were working with another company, and they came over to Direct Collect. You know, for years, I've just talked about the family, the personal approach that they're going to take, not just the exclusivity, which that in and of itself is massive for you to know that you have your area locked down. They're not going to be able to work with anybody else major difference from some of the other carriers. But also, not only in addition to that, but they're getting results. So they're not only going to give you exclusivity, they're going to treat you like family, they're going to really dive into exactly your situation, but also they're going to get you better results than what you're getting from another carrier. And I think that in and of itself is enough for you to at least reach out, have a conversation, go to directclicksinc.com. You know, Tyler obviously teed up the idea with Club Capital, whenever he said, you know, I just don't know those things. I don't know how to do the bookkeeping, but he ultimately knows he's got his finger enough on the pulse of his financials. He needs to be able to get those numbers so he can make better decisions. Even the example he was given about, hey, I get X amount of bonus and I want to reinvest that. It's because he's got the numbers to be able to look at them and say, okay, what am I going to do with this? And he makes decisions based off of that. If you want that level of transparency for your agency, go to Club Capital, go to club.capital. Make sure you mention that you did hear about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast and ask them about their CFO services. All right, everyone. This is a great episode. Hope to have Tyler back on in the future. We appreciate all of you. Until next week, lead well. 